everybody. Welcome to another week of the Naked Mom podcast. I'm so excited that you're joining me, and I am thrilled about today's episode because I'm going to introduce you to an incredible woman. But first things first, I got to just do a little mom event because I have had one hell of a night. My daughter is homesick with the highest raging fever, poor little rainbow, highest fever she's ever had. So I was up all night with her in my arms, feeling the forehead, rotating the doses of the Motrin and the Tylenol, woke up to a puking daughter. Um, I don't really mind that as a mom, but when David woke up this morning and stepped on a floor full of throw up. I have to tell you, it was like, it was crazy in my household. And then it continued and I thought, am I gonna make it here today? And I kinda wanna bring this back to my real life, my real life intention because there was a moment this morning, I was feeling so bad for my daughter, one of those really rough nights as a mom. But I was so grateful to be home and to not have that 5 a.m. normal call that I often have when I'm on a network gig and, and you know, I'm juggling a thousand things. And I looked at her and I said, you know what, baby, I know you feel really awful, but I'm so happy to be home with you right now. And, you know, my husband cleared his afternoon and came home so we could do our usual sort of pitch catch and share the responsibilities. And it reminded me of a, of a really important time in my life. I, I remember after I got fired from ABC and Dancing with the Stars. And I was going through this sort of challenging, um, you know, self-dissection period of time, figuring out what's coming next and, you know, tapping into my creative juices and what's my next project going to be. And I was kind of down and out. And I was driving to school one morning with my beautiful little rain and in a little bit of a funk. And I looked over at her and I said, how are you doing, baby? How are you doing today? And quote, she looked at me. This was such a pivotal moment in my in my life. She looked at me and she said, Mommy, you know what? This is the best year of my life. And I was like, really? What? Why? What, what, what makes this year so special? And she said, well, because you're home, Mommy. Like, you're home with me right now, and it is so good. And it was like, wow. And I kind of held it, and I thought, here I am feeling kind of shitty because I want to be working, and I'm going through this career change. I'm beating myself up a little bit, and I'm trying to define the next chapter, which I should know by now is so out of my control. And I was like, all of the things that are so concerning to me have turned out to be a major blessing for my daughter. And I just kind of looked at her. I didn't share that. And I went, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's those kind of moments, I think, where I'm able to find gratitude and really difficult times, even like this morning, like hell of a night. My daughter is sick as a dog. And I sat there with her in my arms and went, I'm really grateful to be home with you right now, that I'm not rushing off to set. I'm going to work a little bit later, but right now I'm with you and, you know, everything's going to be okay. And I don't know, I just kind of like bask in those, in those moments. And I remember when I first met Layla Ali, who's going to join us in just a little bit. We met in sort of this mother-to-mother space that not everybody gets to do because the rest of the world sees her and knows her as this badass, 
powerful, uberly powerful boxing champion. And we met on the set of Celebrity Apprentice. And, and it was some very different circumstances and in a very vulnerable setting. And uh, we bonded and connected. And I'm just crazy about her as a woman. So really, really looking forward to this episode. Thanks to Sunbasket for supporting the Naked Mom. Go to sunbasket.com slash naked and get your first three meals free. Thanks, Sunbasket. So today's guest actually sent me a text this morning and said, I know poor little Rainbow was really sick. Do you want to reschedule? And that's what I love about this woman. She is such a mom boss. And I think there's a side of her that you're going to be so surprised to discover. Uh, She's somebody who's been in the public eye for a really long time, and she has achieved a lot in her life. But I think that people may not feel like they really know her on a personal level. So everybody knows Layla Ali is a world champion boxer and, of course, the daughter of the great Muhammad Ali. She retired undefeated after 24 bouts, winning 21 times by knockout, amazing. She's gone on to be a health and fitness expert, a TV host. She's a business owner. She's an author, a wife, a mommy. She's got a really terrific podcast called Layla Ali Lifestyle. She's pretty much a multimedia personality, and this woman is powerful way beyond the boxing ring. There's so many things we know about her, but today I'm going to show you a side of Layla Ali that you might not know. So we'll be right back with my conversation with Layla Ali. So, Layla, I am so happy to see you again and and honored to have you join me on this podcast. And there's so many things I want to talk to you about because I feel like we met at a time where we were way out of our comfort zone on the set of Celebrity Apprentice. I didn't know the badass, powerful side of you before we met. We kind of met woman to woman, mom to mom. I remember we both looked at each other and were like, what the heck have we got ourselves into? What have we into? gotten ourselves into? <laughs> and we just committed to being away from our kids for 15 hours a day. And and everybody, like, Layla and I, Layla is, like, full-blown mom boss, like, mommy. <laughs> and we were like, what are we, how are we going to do this? Exactly. Well, um, so I'm happy to be here with you also. And, yes, like you said, we met at a crazy time. Um, I didn't know a whole lot about you and your background. You didn't know a whole lot about me. But I think that makes it fun. You know? It does. And we, we really connected because I have great respect for for the career that you've had and, you know, for being a multimedia personality and being able to do so many different things. Um, but I think I really connected to you as a wife and and a mother and a woman and the crazy things that we have chosen to do in our careers. We had a lot, we had a lot of common denominators. Yep. And I remember you saying, you know, uh, no, I like strong women. You know, yeah. that's, that's cool. You know, I'm all about that. So I was like, yeah. okay, I like her. Yeah. Well, so I, we, we hit it off on the bat. <laughs> that is so true. I mean, just let, let, let's get Celebrity Apprentice out of the way because I feel like that's old news for us right, right now. But I can remember there was a moment where, you know, you're defining your teams and you're trying to do the impossible. And we're, there's a very delicate dance on how we were going to be perceived in the ballroom and accepted by the other woman. And I feel like you and I, kind of kind of connected and we were down with each other <laughs> from beginning to end. I was so grateful, by the way, to have Layla on my team and not be competing against her. But for a lot of reasons that I think are, are um, unexpected, you know, you're, you were very direct, you were very strong, you were very specific and very capable. And I saw at certain times in our competition, the intimidation factor come up. And I remember <laughs> you and I had this um, very intimate conversation about it that I that I was hoping to bring up because I feel like 
you know, there are labels. There are labels for everybody and so many stereotypes in our society. And I can remember, you know, we kept hearing how intimidated and how intimidated and how intimidated people were. And I was like, this woman is so feminine and so beautiful and so soft. Like, what are you guys not seeing? Uh, think, you know, a lot of times because I'm a boxer, um, you know, undefeated, people hear about me having knockouts. I'm mm -hmm. a big girl, you know, 5'11". Mm -hmm. I'm very direct, like you said. Um, you know, I'm going to tell you what I want, how I want it done. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I have a lot of courage. You know, people feel all of that. And I think sometimes certain people get intimidated by it. Not mm -hmm. everyone. Like, you're a strong woman. I was attracted know. to yeah, it. So I was so drawn to you because of that. And I see it as such a asset and so important in that space. But even in life, like, I'm drawn to that personality. Right. I think it really just depends on the individual. Mm -hmm. You know, because really I'm not intimidating. I don't. Like, At all. I don't. I don't overstep <laughs> my bounds. Like, uh -huh. <laughs> I don't try to tell people what to do. You know, I'm one of, you know, I'm kind of laid back. I don't say much at all. Sometimes people want me to say more. <laughs> You know, especially in the competitions, I'm kind of like, I'm going to let all these women do their chatting and then I get in where I fit in, you know, so I play my position no mm -hmm. matter what situation I'm in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, but I'm used to it, like you said, being labeled. Um, but I think at the end of the day, when people get to know me, then they don't, they don't really feel that way at all. So. I, I, I hope so, because <laughs> I, I really spend a lot of time thinking about that. And I feel like power and independence doesn't take away from femininity and really, one ha really has nothing to do with the other. And I, I wanted to ask you, that label, that sort of badass label, has that been sort of a blessing and a burden? Because you have a huge responsibility coming up from the legacy of your father, and yet being able to define yourself in your own powerful right, it's a little bit tricky, I, I would imagine. Do you mean the label of which Being label? a badass. Oh, well, uh, not really, because I'm comfortable in that in that role. I think that um, definitely as when I decided to become a professional boxer, um, that was a big decision because I knew, of course, that I would um, get compared to my father. I wasn't really worried about it because people didn't really know about women's boxing. They didn't really respect women's boxing. Mm -hmm. Didn't think we could box, most people. So they weren't going to really expect me to be as good as my father. But I did know there would be a lot of attention on me. But um, I have such high expectations of myself that the, those are the ones I really had to worry about, not other people's. But mm -hmm. I had to be smart in the way that I went about my career. Even now, you have to be careful in the way that you do things, careful of the way that your image is perceived. You know, when you're rebranding, all of that comes into play because, you know, people don't want someone this, you know, when I was done boxing, part of the reasons I went on Dancing with the Stars mm -hmm. was because I was like, this is an opportunity to show a different side of myself. Yeah. I had fought so hard. <laughs> right, I had fought so hard to, you know, get in people to take me seriously yes. as a fighter that I was always serious and focused and hair braided back and then when I decided I didn't want to do that anymore, it's like, oh, you're the boxer. It's like, no, I'm not just a boxer. I, get it. I can be many other things. And that's what why I went on Dance with Stars. Not because I just wanted to put on ball gowns and dance on the <laughs> dance floor. Everybody, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I want to talk all about that. But before we dive into the ballroom, because let me tell you, that's the scariest place I've ever been in my life. I want to back up a little bit because... If I remember correctly, and from reading your incredible book, Reach, which I think was so brave of you to write, I really learned a lot about you reading this book, was prior to, like, like you were 16 before you realized that you wanted to box, right? Yes. Yeah, so I did not play sports growing up, um, as you know, from reading my book. And by the way, my book is now available on Amazon.com. It's I'm a great book. about that. I republished it because it wasn't available for a long time. Love it. Love it. Love it. By the way, I think that this is a book like I want my daughters to read. Young women should read this. Uh, every, every, every There's something so valuable in, in, in this 
uh, memoir for everybody. So tell us a little bit about that. And then I want to go into why you wrote it and really your journey that people, if you don't read this book, there's a lot about Leila Ali that you will not Mm -hmm. know. And I had such compassion for you after reading that. And and I think that was part of my connection with Mm -hmm. you, too, because I know that you were kicking ass long before you were (laughs) kicking ass in the boxing ring. Right. Which, you know, our childhood and what we're born into and what we're exposed to define who we are. So for me, the badass woman that I see has nothing to do with boxing. Truly. Yeah. Well, I wrote the book um, when when I was really young, um, when I had just started my boxing career. And there was so uh, much attention on me. You know, so many naysayers. People didn't really understand why or how I could be a boxer Mm. in the first place. So I really wanted to share my story. Um, And I wrote it for young girls, you know, because the grass always looks greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, But I talked about how I didn't want to box until I saw women's boxing on television for the first time. Um, That's when I said, oh, I want to do that. So I learned the importance myself of role models and things like that. Here's my dad, the greatest of all times, right, Mm -hmm. boxer. Um, And I never thought to box until I saw women boxing. And I had been through a lot. You know, I had a dysfunctional childhood growing up when my parents divorced. You know, I dealt with you know, ditching school, stealing my mom's car, ended up going to juvenile hall, getting in you trouble. Were a bad girl. I was super, I was that child you did not want your daughter hanging out with. Trust me. <laughs> so, Why didn't we meet then, Layla? Oh my God. I was so bad. And my mom just had no control over me. Um, so that is, it's a really good book even for parents to read, yes. you know, to learn. So it's just, it really is. So, um, I talked, I went through all of that and kind of what kind of gave me this rough exterior in the first place and this Mm -hmm. anger inside of me that made me want to get in the ring and fight. Um, And it really fueled my entire career. A lot of people didn't realize when I was getting in that ring, you know, what I was getting in there with, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So that is really such a great life lesson, too, about anything you do being all in. I mean, I I know that about you and I and I had a pretty good sense that that passion to survive in the streets prior to the boxing world really translated to what you were able to do. Well, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about other people, a lot of things that I can apply now. And of course, when I was writing it, if I would have written that book now, I would have written it totally different because, you know, then I would be like, oh, well, this is what I learned. And let me mm-hmm. give away, take, let me give takeaways. But I was just telling my authentic mm-hmm. story. But it's been really interesting to go back, read what I wrote when I was Wasn't in my 20s. Wasn't it a 20s. therapeutic experience? Yeah. Because and I know like, what you mean. Yeah. You look back and you go, gosh, did I really think that then? And yeah. if yeah. I had to tell that story now as a woman, it would be from a different point of view but going through that process and having that outlet of writing your memoir so young and to be able to say this is what I'm planning to do and then to look back and go wow I did all those things Mm -hmm. so I you know I stayed accountable and I stayed on on point with my goals and you know so I'm proud I'm really Mm -hmm. proud of it how did you find the confidence to become who you are coming from such a dysfunctional family? Because a lot of people would just assume that it was because of the drive of your father and his accomplishments and the pressure that was put on you. But I know that you had a rough road, I think very rough yeah. road. I think it's because um, I always, I did come from a good family. Um, I came, I had the support system. I kind of, you know, trust me, there's nine of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm that one that kind of went left, you know, when everybody else went right. So it's not like was everybody. A good turn. <laughs> yeah, everybody didn't have, you know, the, the, the experience that I had. So it was because I was always tenacious. I was strong-minded. You know, I was just rebel without a cause. And 
I didn't want to just be Muhammad Ali's daughter. I did have a lot of anger. So I kind of ventured out into other neighborhoods around other people. So I kind of brought on a lot of the stuff that happened to me onto myself. Mm-hmm. Of course, I can understand why. But that's why I was able to, you know, once I had to go through the system, get in trouble and just say, oh, I'm going to get my, you know, I'm my head is screwed on tight now. You know, I can go forward because I had all of these qualities to become successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it just added different layers to me and different experiences and things like I said, I can apply to my life now. So that's why I was able to um, kind of get back on track. You know, I just got off track mm-hmm. and I was able to get back on quite easily. And then owning my story, not um, feeling like, and this is what I say to everyone now, you know, what you've been through doesn't have to define you. Some people would be embarrassed about that, would have tried to hide it. That's you know, right. and now I think because I am successful and I have been able to, you know, follow my dreams and, and do what I said I was going to do. Then I can say, hey, look where I was. Mm-hmm. And I'm able, I speak now to a lot of, a lot of what I do is speaking around the country. And you inspire a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, you have such a colorful story in, in your climb. And, you know, not everybody can find those learning lessons in the most challenging times in their life. You know, I mean, it, it sounds like you learned from the dark places. It wasn't just the inspirational advice that one would assume. Every situation for me is a learning experience. So every day. Mm, <laughs> so I definitely learned a lot then and, and now. So how do you think you were able to translate what you didn't have and get into the mother that you are today? Because I've watched you. <laughs> we spent so much time together on the set, everybody on Celebrity Apprentice. We heard each other going through our family stuff and on the phone mm-hmm. with our kids. Layla right. and I were sick as dogs when we worked together, living on wellness shots and having yeah. soup ordered in and drinking tea and just spending time away from our family. We we were pretty depleted. And I think I think that's one of the arts um, in the curse of reality competition shows because it breaks you down so much that you become very vulnerable. Um, but I, but I watched you as a mother and, and, uh, it seems like, um, you know, you have all of those very valuable qualities that I know you weren't your birthright, you know? And so how were you able to sort of translate all that into who you are today? Luckily I've growing up, even though my mom was not always present because she was busy dealing with her relationships and, you know, I write about all that in the book. I had other women around me. My friends' moms, they were just regular working moms, you know, some of them single mm. who were there, you know, with for their kids, you know, take them to school, helping them with homework, cooking them dinner. And I saw them working hard and just being great moms. So I have a mm. lot of respect for that. And they took me in a lot of times and, and, and gave me the nurturing that I needed. So that's what I learned. And I was like, you know, that's the kind of mom I want to mm. be. Um, so, you know, I took a little from that. And of course, you know, I, I feel like I know what we're supposed to do as moms. It's not always easy. Instinctually. Yeah, exactly. I so I know what, what we're supposed to do. It's just about, you know, putting your priorities in order because, you know, I see a lot of people sometimes that are like, you know, I love my kids and that's why I'm gone all the time traveling because I'm trying to, you know, set up this life for them and give them everything they need. But the kids are like, but we want you to be home. But yeah. in the parents' <laughs> mind, they're like, I'm doing this for you. But then they're still losing out. So it's like finding that balance. So hard. Like, I know you love your kids, but, you know, you, what, what is what you're doing? What message is it really sending? You know, so it's not all so about true. money and success and things like that. Like me, I would have just liked to have my parents. Mm-hmm. So um, for it, it's really important for 
for me now to be home and a lot of opportunities that come up, I turn down according to my travel schedules. I'm like, I'm not, no, I'm not just going to be gone all the time. It's just not going to happen. I'll just have to pass and Mm -hmm. hope something else comes up. Well, so so true. (laughs) I mean, she truly walks the talk because after The Apprentice, we tried so many times to get together and Layla and I were both like, you know what? (laughs) Here's how we balance it all. I said, I have no social life. She's like, I have no social life. I'm like, I never go out. She goes, I never go out. I said, so why don't we put our sweats on? We'll get the kids together and we'll do some family barbecues because that's me too. It's awesome to be entrepreneurial and to be a, you know, a boss lady and to, to, you know, juggle a gazillion things. But the downtime of what happens at home, I know is most important to me and also you. And, um, I don't schedule a lot of things outside of my absolute priorities because I need that family time. And, you know, I'm really proud of that devotion and commitment that I make as a mother. And it's one of the things that I see and love and respect so much about you. I'm also just a dud, Brooke. I just rather <laughs> no, you're just not. stay my butt at home and I don't feel like it. I'm like, no, no, no. All the requests I get, no, pass, no, pass. It's so true. Like we end up, we'll end up meeting like for lunch. <laughs> like when we're not driving that far because yeah, we have exactly. to pick the kids up Jeans for school. Jeans and t-shirt and flip-flops, girl. California style. We're Full-blown right. mama. Who, who knew? Oh my gosh. But that's the best, you know? It really is. I mean, it's 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 my greatest role. All right, let's um, let's dance back into the ballroom. <laughs> so I want to dish with you about this because uh, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, and it looks all glamorous and beautiful and easy and fun and all these reality competitions. I look at the the, the, the singing competitions and I think, how the hell can they pull it together when you know they can't breathe to be able to sing? Because I couldn't breathe every time I stepped That's out funny. there on the dance floor. I couldn't remember if I was going left or right, or if I was going to fall on my face, or what the hell was going to happen. And Layla, everyone, if you remember, got Max. Mm. <laughs> Maxim is her partner. I danced with Derek. So definitely a lot easier than Max. Mm-hmm. But as you as we know, but as we know, yeah, do they know the yeah, listeners. I don't know. think anybody <laughs> knows what really goes on behind the scenes there. In hindsight, it was an amazing experience. But the process going through it, um, I think just kind of shook and shivered like <laughs> every single thing inside of me. So when I when I I imagine your experience, you know. In comes Layla Ali. You could have kicked Maxim's ass any single day in rehearsal. I know you didn't. I <laughs> can't believe that. you didn't. But how hard was that? I mean, to be completely out of your comfort zone. It was hard for me because um, physically it wasn't hard as far as because I'm an athlete and I'm used to working out and I'm used to being trained. But God, it was physically hard for yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> physically wasn't hard for me, but it was mentally What about hard. the feet? What do you mean? The, your oh, ankles yeah, well, and your legs no, held up? Well, you know, you, you, definitely, uh, you definitely go through some things with the feet because you're standing on your toes a different way. You're getting some blisters. But as I far think as you have the ability to have an out-of-body experience <laughs> because I asked you one time what it feels like to really be hit. Right. And even though you've never been hit yeah. super hard, you're like, you really don't feel it. It's kind of like getting tapped. Your I was adre- like, sure, Layla. Your adrenaline's going, you know. <laughs> but I'm used to being on my feet. I'm used to training for hours and doing all that. But, I mean, of course, it's different. So mentally it was hard because you have a short period of time. You're working with someone. There's cameras on you full time. And Max wasn't, Max wasn't easy to deal with. Um, you know, you're like, okay, we're going to be, be complimentary. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to be. I, I promise, I wouldn't talk about him anymore publicly. We, listen, publicly, I love Max and I love Derek, but this was a real. This was a real experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? In a live show, you never get to see what really goes on. No, exactly. So um, for me, you know, it was just like, wow. Every time you feel like you're going to forget your steps, you're, you're going to go out there and you're going to totally screw up. You know, it's live. There's no taking it over. Mm-hmm. You know, so I never felt like I had to. Um, 
rely on someone to prepare me and and go out and work as a team. I'm used to like training and going out there and feeling like I got this. It's all on me. I love Ooh. that feeling. So Ooh. for me to have to go out there with him and depend on him, that was something different I had to get used oh, yeah. to. And mentally just every week and then, you know, we compete. And then the next day it's like, okay, all over, start again. So it's like you want to go on, but then you're like, oh, man, I'm going on. And so- I found great <laughs> comfort in that because I was like, God, I don't want to get out there on my own. I was oh, so see? happy when we had some of the connected ballroom routines because – I I really needed that. But, but I also, looking back, certainly not in the moment, and I know you'll feel me on this one, I did develop great compassion for the pros because I realized they're out there too, not only responsible for us and the scores and, you know, the, le- the level of um, success in our dance, but when things go wrong, which it does with us because we're not pros, it kind of falls on them too. So as much pressure as we had on us, I think they had on them as well, which is why they weren't always able to um, be as kind and gentle and supportive as maybe they should have been. Except I didn't feel that way in the moment. I was not thinking about him. I was thinking about me. (laughs) Were you scared when you stepped out there on the dance floor? I was terrified. I I wouldn't say I was definitely nervous every single time because I I always felt like I was going to forget the steps. Like there's a count going on in your head and I – was just like one, two, three. Am I gonna forget the steps? You know, and then the ballroom was so different than when you're training in a studio because there's four walls. Then you go, out, you have certain spots where you spin, and then you're like, okay, I'm gonna focus on this corner. And it was totally different when you got into the ballroom. The lights are different every week. The Everything. audience is different. You know, it's live, and you're like, okay, yeah. you know. But the times that amazingly that I thought I was gonna do horrible, I'd get tens, and I was like, what? Yeah, the hell is that just about? goes to show us yeah. we didn't know what the hell we were doing. But so true because you're rehearsing in a space, and then for me, you get into the real ballroom, and it's almost like everything was backwards. You were like, wait a second, where's the left side? Which foot is going? It was just, um, it was crazy. But I also loved and thrived on that fear. Like, I feel like fear tells you what to do. I Uh, like to scare myself a little bit. I mean, clearly you do, no? I don't like it, no. I don't like it and I don't feel it often. Um, So for me, if you know, if I would get really nervous, like say, for example, if I was doing something that I did for a living and then I felt fear, I probably would, I would probably would get really nervous because I'm mm. not used to that. But, um, you know, it was, it was expected like for me to go into that, not feeling as confident as I feel, say in a boxing ring, you know, mm-hmm. because that's what I do. I own that ring, Yeah. you know, but I did want to want to do really well. And um, so that was well, important did. to me. Yeah, and so did you. I thank mean, you. look, at then you became a host of the show after that, which was well, amazing. I, thank so, you. you know, I think it's all about... It's a great platform. It is. And I, and I think that, you know, for people who are trying to figure out what to do with their life or how to make a life change or how you step out of something familiar and into uh, new possibilities, it, it, it really... Um, you know, it's a matter of, of taking advantage of the right opportunities and creating, you know, that footwork because, you know, after your incredible boxing career to go and do something like that, which was a complete contrast to the way that the world perceived you, it was a really smart move. And, you know, I look at what you're doing now from being a home chef to your cooking books. And even when we were on the set of The Apprentice, you were going to school, you were like juggling family, you know, marriage, the taking care of the babies. We're trying to raise money for our charity. We're trying to like survive the terminator you're going to school but we were exhausted i mean we were listen we were depleted that's what we do as women you know we wear so many different hats um we do so much we have so many different goals and aspirations and i don't feel we have to be limited to just one and the times that i do feel any fear 
um, that I'm uncomfortable with, that's when I push myself for, forward. And I tell people, mm. you know, people are like, you're so confident. Where does your confidence come from? And it's really just about having courage um, because we all feel uncomfortable or fear or whatever you want to call it, anxiety. And it's about jumping in anyway. You know, mm -hmm. of course, being thoughtful, being strategic, methodical, however you want to think about it. But, you know, then you have to actually push yourself forward. You can't let the fear hold you back. Um, and that's something that I, I, I definitely have made a habit of, you know, if I get scared, I'm, like, ah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> have you always, have you always been courageous like that? Um, I think so. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I, sometimes I get caught up thinking, okay, is this an opportunity that I should take or something I should do? Um, well, kind of like the ballroom. I wasn't yeah. sure I was going to do that. I remember we had this conversation. Mm -hmm. You weren't sure you were going to do it. Yeah. It's that little voice inside that went, you know what? No, this kind of makes sense on a, yeah. a lot of levels. Yeah, I said no first. When they first called me, I was like, I'm not doing that. And then I was like, wait a minute. Actually, <laughs> you know, now I have to think, like, how could this, you know, benefit me? And this could be a really good platform. Mm -hmm. And then it was just like, then I had to think, well, I don't want to do that. Me out there on the dance floor. And then it was just like, oh, well, I can do it. You know, and I just mm -hmm. kind of, you know, but there had to be a reason for me. I had to see, um, you know, a goal. Uh, some, some some end result. And for mm -hmm. me, it was what it was going to do for me as far as business is concerned. Smart. It wasn't just, oh, I just want to go out there and dance for fun because that's not going to make me push hard and make me want to win. That's right. You know, because I don't, you know, I'm competitive, but I'm not one of those people who's just competitive with everything. Some things I don't care about. I'm like, oh, you won. Who cares? Mm -hmm. You know, but some things I'm like, oh, no, we're, I, I want to win. Yeah, it just depends on how, if my heart's in it or not. Because so, you do not, most things with such conviction and fire. So how does, I know like, how to fool. I know how to pretend, too, that I'm that into it. Sometimes <laughs> I'm really not just to make it fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of just like, ah, whatever. I don't really care. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so I had an absolutely crazy work day today, rushing around for appointments, schlepping the kids to and fro, sports, school, dance. I barely made it at home in enough time to prepare a great meal for my family. Now I know there's always an excuse for not eating healthy. You don't have a personal nutritionist or you don't have access to the right ingredients, or maybe you're just plain too tired to get to the market and shop and then cook, or maybe you're even too intimidated. Well, guess what? Your body doesn't understand excuses. That's why Sunbasket just got rid of them. Sunbasket makes it easy to cook delicious, seasonal, nutritious meals in your own kitchen. I've spent the last week using this program and I gotta tell you, it was super easy, it was yummy, it comes with a colorful booklet so you've got visuals. My daughter was able to help assist me, there's chef tips, activities for the kids to partake in. Really, really amazing. And you can get dinner on the table in 30 minutes. It's healthy cooking made easy. You get organic, non-GMO ingredients from the best farms and fishermen, and it's sent directly to your door. It literally shows up, everything is pre-measured, the fruit is fresh, and it's something that anybody can knock out, even if you're not a foodie like me. You could choose from paleo, gluten-free, vegetarian, they have breakfast, they have family options, which I really love, and everything is created by an award-winning chef and approved by nutritionists. Each Sunbasket meal, comes with pre-measured fresh ingredients, like I said, and really easy to follow directions. And it's delicious. So eating right starts right now. All you have to do is go to sunbasket.com naked today, and you can get your first three meals for free. They're free. That's sunbasket.com naked to get three healthy, easy to prepare meals free. That fire and that drive, right? <laughs> so I want to win that. And that competitive <laughs> spirit. 
then sort of segues into this like Leila Ali lifestyle and the home chef and nutrition and your love and passion for food, which is another thing that we connected on. So bring me back to like Chopped because again, that would have scared the shit out of me too. Oh my God, now Chopped. Layla won Chopped, by the way. Yeah, Chopped on the Food Network is a major food competition. And I remember them calling and asking me to do it. And I was like, yes. And I were you a home wa- chef publicly then? Like, were you passionate about food? Did everybody know that? I'm trying to remember. I have been cooking since I was nine. And I, I'm sure I've had said it places before and then I had decided that I was kind of going to go go this direction and somehow the Food Network reached out to me and I was like yes I'm going to do it I want to compete I hadn't even watched Chopped yet I wasn't familiar with it then when I went and turned it on I was like oh god what like did us, I get myself kind of like us cramming Celebrity Apprentice yeah. episodes like what the hell did we get ourselves into <laughs> I was like what did I get myself into I mean I had never watched it and then I was like this is serious like this is tough so then I studied the show I was like okay watching it because you learn a lot just from watching it's not the same as doing but you can learn a little bit so So at the time, I was in culinary school, um, and I had just started, so I was just in the beginning. And I remember telling my my teacher, and she was like, you know, you need to do a mock chopped, you know, I can do it Mm. for you. So we did that. And I was like, wow, that was hard. I messed up so many times. And, you know, it, was, it wasn't anything like chop. But she, did you she, love culinary school? I did. But it was just I couldn't keep keep it up. It was mm. just too it was too hard with everything that I was doing. I was missing too much. So I dropped out. I'm culinary school dropout. But um, so then I went on. <laughs> oh, no. So then I went on. So then I went on chopped and um, it was a celebrity version. So I was like, oh, they're not probably going to be as hard on us with celebrities as mm-hmm. far as just the ingredients. Because with chopped, if anyone hasn't watched it, they give you a basket. And there's ingredients in there. I think it's four. And they're crazy ingredients, right? And then you have the pantry. Ingredients that don't even belong together in the same basket. But if they're in there, you know you can do something with them. Because they have a team of people who know there's all these recipes that you can make. So you have to know, okay, there is something I can do with these. you mix the heat and the spice and the coolness and sweet and sour. And And then they give you all these other ingredients in their kitchen and their pantry that you can use um, to make a dish. So it's up to you. And they judge on taste, creativity, and presentation. So I went against the celebrities and I was like, I'm going to beat these celebrities like, that's who no was on doubt. the show with you? Joey Fatone, who competed against me on Dance with the Stars. He won. He he came in second. I came in third. So I was like, Ooh, Joey. So had a, you're I was like, down. yeah. I was like, Joey, you are not <laughs> beating me. But Joey, so I did my research. I was like, who are these people? So Joey was had like some other show he did in Does cooking. Joey have skills in the kitchen? Joey likes to cook and he's done some other cooking stuff. So I was like, okay, Joey okay. might really be trying to come to win this. I was like, okay. I got my eye on you, Joey. That's what I'm That's thinking. Right. Like, You're not going to beat yeah. me again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, it's not going down. Because like, you know, you want to know everyone has a different, is someone coming just, just to get exposure sure. or, they, or do they really want to win? So I was like, Joey probably really wants to win. Then there was... Um, Dan, Johnny Weir, ice skater. I, I was like, okay, he, he's just here just to be here. You know, <laughs> there was like a couple, another comedian, and uh, was it? No, it wasn't Carney. Um, Carney wasn't on that episode. Carney's got some great. I went up against Carney too. also. Ooh, yeah, Carney. Met, Carney, Carney, who was with us on the Celebrity Apprentice. I, she probably I, had you laughing. I beat her the too. second time. <laughs> I beat. So I did, I've won Chopped a couple times. So she, I beat her my second run on. Chopped. So did you surprise yourself in no. taking that title home? No. <laughs> so you you sign up for something. I don't care what it with is, that, and you just no. With that, I didn't. I mean, like, look at Celebrity Apprentice. I didn't feel like I was going to win that show. Of course, I'm gonna say what I'm supposed to say. But I was like, I want to make it to the semifinals. And if I make it, I had a personal goal was to make it far. But I was like, if I don't win, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to kill me. I also think in that scenario, we accomplished what we needed to because we raised a hell of a lot of money for our charity, which I think for us, we flew below the radar of the drama. 
Yeah, and then there's, you know, yeah, and, and we then did there's, what we needed to do. There's a whole lot that goes into that show, and a lot of different personalities you're dealing with. There's the producers and the the business side of mm-hmm. it. So I was like, I'm not gonna put my heart into this. Whereas Chopped, I felt more like it really was on me. I feel like winning Chopped though, that's a huge accomplishment. And I, I did Cupcake Wars. Oh yeah, so you know Layla, that was harder than. Celebrity Celebrity Apprentice. And I know that sounds ridiculous. Baking cupcakes. I am not, I kid you not. It was like, sweat. It was the hardest. And I don't bake. I'm a home chef as well. I love all things in the kitchen. There is such a science. It was harder than Celebrity Apprentice. And I didn't win. I was on there with Carson Kressley, who was also with us on the Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah, I wouldn't have went on a cupcake (gasps) wars. See, like, I won't do anything. Like, in the cooking space, I'm like, okay, do I really think I have a chance at this? But I don't bake either. That's why I wouldn't have gone. And don't don't start. Yeah, I'm not. I don't want to bake. All right, so what are you doing in in, in the world of food now? Because I know you just finished your book. I want to hear all about Mm -hmm. that. And, um, you know, I see you on Instagram and your posts, and you're just all things family and food. And there's just this beautiful beautiful real side of you that I think people are still discovering. Thank you. And you are so passionate about nutrition. Yeah, I am. And nutrition and food um, go hand in hand for me. And that's really what it's about. I don't really think of myself as a chef in the sense of, oh, you know, I'm cooking all of this spectacular food. I cook food that, um, I don't you know, know, it looks pretty good. <laughs> it's it's good. It. No, it tastes damn good. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> but I'm saying technique wise, you know, I'm not like a professional chef. But um, I'm Unless definitely... you're on the set of Chopped. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> hey, look. I can humble. Cook the, She's I can humble, cook with too. the best grandmas out there now. Don't get it twisted. But um, so my book, um, Food for Life, is um, my baby, of course. And it's basically... I know this is a labor of love for you. Mm-hmm. It's foods that we love, whether it's comfort food or regular foods, like from mac and cheese to, you know, things that, you know, your kids love to pizzas. But mm-hmm. just trying to put um, a nutritional spin on them. So it's not a health book. I said to the publisher, I don't want this to be a health book. I'm kind of sneaking in the, the health, you know, so it's kind of like... In so the, more conscious versions of comfort food and recipes right. that are tasty. Right. So, so that's cool. Yeah. So basically I'm using high quality ingredients, not expensive ingredients, but I'm going to say, you know, you should go get your grass-fed beef and you should go get mm. you know, grass-fed butter and you might want to try some almond flour, some coconut flour opposed to wheat. And I educate people about the reasons why in the healthy oils, the coconut oils and the olive oils and you know why you should you should be cooking with those oils so I, mm-hmm. I infuse a lot of that information in there and then give sidebars on how you can kick up the nutrition even further so like for example I have secret sauce recipes that I put in you know my kids meals whether it be tacos or mac and cheese or you know where it might be say some um, pureed cauliflower mm-hmm. or you know um, nice which is so veggies. yummy yeah. by the way Things that aren't, great substitute for yeah. mashed potatoes yeah, exactly not <laughs> not rocket science but a lot of people don't think to do it but actually put it into your spaghetti sauce and roasting down vegetables, blending them. Mm. So then you're actually giving your kids more nutrition. Because you know how tricky it is. I mean, in my exactly. household, my son would live on Nutella and pasta and butter and rain will eat anything. There's not a restaurant <laughs> I couldn't take her in the world. But it's difficult. And because we know so much about nutrition, I'm always conscious of what are they eating? What are they not eating? How do they feel? Mm-hmm. Well, is it based on what they put into their, you know, into right. their body but, all day long? Right. And then I also have my classic recipes like my seafood gumbo and my oven fried chicken and my green, you know, the southern dishes and dishes that my father loved. So mm. there's a real um, good um, array of 
I have like 120 plus recipes in there. So um, nice. beautiful photos are going to go along with it. So it'll be out. Um, we pushed it back. Um, so it's going to be out January 2018. And it'll be available for pre-sale in July. So I'm just getting ready Excellent. for all of that. So Can't wait for yeah. my signed copy oh, that yeah. I'm going to put in can... my kitchen so Rain and I can mix it up. Because I, I love having my daughter in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. So much And fun. I know that you spend a lot of time with your family, too. Do you guys try to have family dinners every night? We pretty much – well, I, I cook – for the most part, five nights a week. Usually on the weekends, we'll go out or order in. But um, yeah, when we, when I cook, we're, we're at the table together. So such an important time. Mm-hmm. Such Definitely. an important time. What's a typical day like for you today I, in this new uh, chapter? Right. I always get up, get the kids off to school. My husband takes them to school, so we have a little system. Um, you know, but I'm prepping their lunches and doing breakfast. And then as soon as they leave, I get my workout in. What are you putting in their lunch boxes? Help so, me out here because so I am so, I am so out of creative lunchbox yeah, ideas. No, it's not that creative. And my son's taste buds <laughs> change yeah. every three months or he's just doing it to, to, to piss me off. Yeah. I'm like, really? Oh, what this week? You don't like that bar anymore? No, they change. Give, so, give me a couple. Yeah. Give me a couple. So for me, um, I try, my kids are very picky. They don't like sandwiches, so it's not easy. So I actually have to prepare food and put it in their little (laughs) clean canteen, you know, like a little, you know, Tupperware or something. Oh, they're getting the gourmet. uh, No, they're getting like (laughs) pasta. You know, sometimes it'll be like the mac and cheese that I made Mm -hmm. or they like like I do like a ground turkey and I put um, some chopped up vegetables in that they don't know they're in there. But then I might put it with rice. Real basic stuff they like. You know, my son likes Caesar salad, so I'll put his little stuff in there. He can mix up fruit. And then if I do use... Your son eats Caesar salad. Yeah, so I, I got them eating salads now. So I was so happy about that. And then they will get tired of it because when you find something they like, then you keep giving it to them. At a certain point, it's like, I don't want this anymore. So I'm like, what? <laughs> but I'll always be some fresh fruit. And then I will give them... If I, if I do give them something that's packaged or processed then it'll be one of the brands that at least is non-GMO, organic, mm-hmm. you know, like the kid bars or anything, something like that, or, you know, popcorn or, you know. So important to read the information that's available to us, because let's face it, I mean, in real life, as busy as we are, I'm making my best effort too, but I have that snack drawer. I'm like, grab a piece of fruit, grab something mm-hmm. that's packaged. We'll do the best we can. Mm-hmm. We'll make up for it at breakfast. We'll make up for it at dinner. You know, we make up for it on the weekends, but... It's a challenge. Yeah, and you don't, you can't stress yourself out about it. And I also don't want my kids to feel deprived and feel like they can't ever have anything because then they're going to really want it more because mm-hmm. they're going to see other kids with it. So on the weekends, a lot of times, my son wants something, you know, that you would find at a liquor store sometimes. Sure. And I'll be like, eh, okay. Okay. And it's like a, to him, it's his treat. And I'm like, Fine. I say to Shy, I'm like, what did you eat today? Did you eat anything <laughs> green? Did you have a fruit? Right. You, you want that bag of Cheetos? You compromise. With yeah, exactly. Me. Exactly. So Bargain with me for yeah. that piece of fruit. So I let them have things. We're not like, like, you know, fanatics at my house. So, so good. We got to get into the kitchen together and oh, do, yeah, a double, do a double family oh, yeah. dinner. I'm going to throw down. I want to ask you too, because I've been listening to a lot of your podcasts, the Layla Ali Lifestyle Podcast. I'm finally getting hip to this whole format, which I, I don't know if we're late in the game or what. Everybody's been doing it, but it's pretty fascinating to bring to life some of these really important conversations and meet other people for the first time, you know, on air. Are you enjoying it? Like, what, what what's your goal with it? And and um, what surprised you most about this world? I enjoy um, doing the podcast. And the reason why I wanted to do it is because I want to talk about what I want to talk about, you know, the way that I want to talk about it. A lot of times, as you know, we're so used to being interviewed mm-hmm. or doing interviews and you have a short time frame where a producer gives you the questions, you know, and you have to stick to that or you're promoting something. It's just sure. like five minutes. So you don't really get to the nitty gritty of things. Um, and so for me, especially with the lifestyle, um, you know, the wellness lifestyle brand that I want to build, I thought that it would be a good way 
way to just kind of anchor all the things that I'm doing. It, it surprised me. I knew everything that's successful, I know it takes hard work. So I know that going in. Um, it's very time consuming, which I was like, oh, you know, one episode a week, that's not much. But the prep that goes into that and all the back and forth of people scheduling and all of that, it's just mm-hmm. a whole new set of stuff you have to deal with. And then, of course, when the podcast comes out and it's like, OK, now you got to put, you know, promote it and things like that. And that's just to stay afloat. But then yeah. you're thinking, OK, if I really want to build listeners, like what do I need to do to yeah. take it to the next level? And, you know, so it, it, it's definitely a, a the whole challenge world. of tapping into oh, a wider yeah. audience, because I actually I actually listen to a lot of yours and I enjoy it because I know you and I don't get to right, see right, you right, talk right. To you that much. So there is this sort of like, you know, funny little connection there. But it's a fascinating new mm-hmm. time in and, media, right. isn't it? And like you said, you know, you you're getting used to the flow and everyone um, does things differently. You know, everyone uh, has a different format and you have to figure out what works for you, what your listeners want to hear. You know, do they want to hear you talk more? Do they want to mm-hmm. hear your, you know, guests talk more? Because mm-hmm. I've, 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 I've watched, listened to people's comments, you know, on other people's yeah. podcasts. Are oh, they really interested I, in my philosophy? Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, oh, you're blabbing too much and oh, it's like a bunch of small talk. So for me, because I'm the type of person, I don't like a lot of small talk yeah. and I don't like like I a know. big long opening about nothing where you're just trying to do an opening. So I get right in. I'm like, hey, it's Layla. How you doing? Okay, my guest is and I get right into it you know yeah. it's like because I don't want to hear a bunch of oh I was on my way to work and it was raining mm-hmm. and there was an accident on the freeway and my coffee shop was back to, I don't want to hear blah, all blah, that blah, blah. I do feel yeah. like we get to see a different side of you though <laughs> that people really don't know and I feel like perception right now you know it's a bittersweet curse because everybody knows you as this uberly powerful badass woman and I had you know the fortune of getting to know you in, in sort of a out of our comfort zone type of space and I find you to be feminine and beautiful and nurturing and this loving mom and a woman's woman. And I, I I love that about you so much. And I think that the more you share and the more opportunities that you have to open up that side of you, there's just everything to love about you. And Thank you're you. you're a very unexpected type of woman. Thank you. And you're, you're gonna you're gonna do the same. So Thank um, you. I'm happy that you're doing a podcast now and people get the opportunity to just tune in when they want to. Yeah. That's what I like about podcasts. Good for um, all the driving we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great road trip company, let me tell you. I want to ask you one last thing because I feel like I'd be letting all of our listeners down and I'd disappoint them. I, I, I'm dying to know what the most valuable lesson that you learned from your father, whether it was the big picture or maybe something he shared or maybe something he didn't share that if I know you, you translated into a learning opportunity. Can you share something with us? Man, you know, it's hard to really pick one thing. And I've been asked that question before, but I really, um, one thing about my father is obviously he's a global icon. He's one of the most famous men in the world, loved, um, you know, there's a lot of famous people, but he's the most famous loved man in the world. And, you know, I can just look at him and go, wow, you know, this is just a little boy from Louisville, Kentucky, who had confidence in himself. Mm. And just said, you know, I can be who I want to be. I can do what I want to do. I don't have to, you know, and especially being an African-American person and just with the the history of this country and everything that just made it even harder um, for him um, on his way up. Uh, But for him to have been able to just accomplish all that he's accomplished by just doing what he believed in and just doing what's right, standing up for people, you know, not had nothing to do with money. It had nothing to do with power. It had nothing to do with, you know, having an entourage of people behind you. Just just going within himself and saying, that's this is right, this is wrong, and I'm going to have integrity mm-hmm. and humility and compassion and all these things. And he just did it all on his own. So it just really shows me 
that, um, you know, you can be a great person, a spiritual person, a person who, um, you know, does the right thing and still be successful in life. Because, you know, as you know, we're always faced with choices that we have mm-hmm. to make, you know, and sometimes they go against your own values and your own um, morals or, you know, things that you know to be right. And people do things to get ahead. Right? It's a rare, it's it, it's rare to see that in our industry. And I, listening to you express that, you do possess all of those qualities. And, you know, it, it's beautiful to see and to know somebody in, in, in our space, um, who is all those things. Thank you. So I try, um, I learned a lot of that through my father. Um, never want to be my dad, never have. I mean, because I've learned a lot from his mistakes too. And we're very alike in a lot of ways. We're also very different. And some of it just has to do with the fact that he's a man and I'm a woman, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the differences between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm a little stronger than my dad in certain areas. Mm. You know, he got taken advantage of a lot of times because of his kindness and just kind of, you know, sometimes women tend to be like, no, you know, certain women, I should say, mm-hmm. where they don't want to stand up and say something because they don't want to sure. look a certain way. And, well, the and, expectation yeah. of the feminine role that we're exactly. supposed to play and the masculine role that we're not supposed to play. And I I, I just feel like you've sort of have made a habit by inspiring by squashing all of those yeah. stereotypes. And it's a f- delicate dance. Yeah. You know, I mean, do you feel like you've had to work harder to define who you are being a woman or fight harder for the things you believe in to be taken seriously? Because you have this very powerful spirit yeah. that I see goes far beyond the boxing yeah. ring. I think that um, with me, um, I haven't, well, I know, not I think, I mean, I've never looked at myself as like, I'm a woman and you know, these are the the challenges that I'm going to have and I'm going to have to stand up for myself. I mean, obviously, I, I my eyes are open. I understand the world that we live in. But even as a female athlete, you know, I get asked those questions about being a, ma- a female versus a man and some of the challenges. It's like, even when I wanted to box and people weren't watching women's boxing, I never went at it like, I'm a woman, I'm going to box. I was just like, I'm going to box, mm-hmm. you know? Obviously, I'm a woman. So I didn't really think about the limits that would be on me. I kind of just put my blinders on and kept moving forward and just good advice everybody yeah because sometimes <laughs> take the blinders off <laughs> yeah, because sometimes you know sometimes we just kind of you know it's, it's overwhelming to even think about all of these things and you kind of put them out into the universe so for me mm-hmm. it's just kind of like I'm, I expect those doors to open for me <laughs> shit <laughs> and you they curse do. on your show <laughs> yes we do <laughs> but I'm just saying like I'm like yo you better move out the way so for me I feel like if I do the work that it takes but of course you know of course I can look at things like I've been labeled before as, oh, she's kind of difficult, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's a talent agency or a management company or whatever it is, because I'm like, no, I know God, what they the- missed you because I don't see yeah, that at all. I what, see you as what, very, no, very straightforward, no, no. black and white. Uh, yeah. transparent. Not, I, I can remember there was a moment where Layla and I were getting towards the end of the Celebrity Apprentice and there comes that time where you've got to call out somebody on your team because it's either your ass getting fired or right. somebody else's. So you kind of are in it for yourself. At least I was because right. I wanted to win that we money for be. my charity. But you, you're sort of part of it. It's just a, it's a really funky game that we played and I remember Layla, you pulled me aside and I've told this story so many times. I love this about you and you were like, listen. <laughs> and she was like, hardcore. She's like, listen. <laughs> we go into that bar. because I don't know what she, you're about she to goes, say. You don't need to take care me. She goes, so just so you know, you do what you need to do in there. I'm a big girl and you don't need to take care of me. And I was sort of like, took that so to heart because it was like, sometimes we spend so much time doing what we think we're supposed to do or trying to please everybody. And there are situations in life where you've got to really look with 
within. Well, yeah, to find your new yeah. needs and your goal. And I loved that. About I was like me either. I was like, I will not get mad at, mad at you. We're gonna be. If we weren't friends coming into this, we're friends walking yeah. out of this, yeah. and we're gonna stay friends regardless yeah. of what happens. Yeah, because when when you go into and the then boardroom, can you kick Arnold's ass for me now? <laughs> yeah, because when you go into the boardroom, you might have to say some things about each other, and you might have to say, "Well, I didn't think Layla." And it's like, if that's what you feel, then say it. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna be mad at you. I'm not gonna take it personal. Mm-hmm. This is a game, and it might be true what you're saying, or it might yeah. not agree with you. Oh well. Very rare quality, yeah. by the way, too. Yeah. When there's a room full of estrogen. Yeah. But a lot of women don't know how to do that. And I think that was part of our connection. Yeah, because we had that pep talk before each. Yeah. Everyone was all nervous. I was like, you guys, it's all good. Like, this is a game. At the end of the day, no one's going to die. You're going to go home. We you know, do. it's like, And we no. have some masculine energy in that. My, my husband's always fighting with me about my masculine side. But I think there's a pretty yeah. good balance there. Because the guys could go at it and they leave and they're all friends. And the women, exactly. they've got attitudes. And they're, they're crying. They're, they're holding and baggage. And you're like, come on, get over that. That was oh last week. God. I'm so glad we went through that experience. Yeah, it, was it was so good. So thank you so much, Layla. And if you don't know the woman behind the scenes, get to know her. Where can everybody learn more about you? Well, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Real Layla Ali, and I'm also on Facebook with Layla Ali. And uh, always go to my website, laylali.com. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. So fun. <laughs> <laughs> 